So, Miss Jan Strickland, so uh, we're here today. And um, Jan, so I'm on social media a good bit, but I'm a little bit more of that lurker than anything. Uh, yeah. It kind of sounds bad. I'm in real estate. I'm saying I'm lurking on social media. Uh, but I get a lot of inspiration from it. And I've been mm -hmm. following your career for quite some time. And what got me engaged with you uh, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here because it, you know, the interior uh, decorating aspect of a home, the aesthetics of an interior of a home has such an impact when it comes to uh, selling a home and just giving that home that, that look and feel that people enjoy. But it was the St. Jude's work that you've, you've done that kind of turned me on to you. And then I've been following you ever since. And um, finally said, well, I mean, why alert? Let's get her on here. Let's talk about it a little bit. So, uh, Jan, tell me a little bit about yourself. I think you went to, um, you graduated from Alabama? Yeah, I graduated from the University of Alabama in interior design. And I really enjoyed getting a degree in interior design. It is more than just the styling and the decorating because I worked with floor plans and, you know, different things and learning how to move walls. Um, and so to have that background is just really important for what I do every day. And I, I loved having that experience. So let's talk about the uh, kind of what got you to that stage of your life. Uh, uh, I asked you to send us some information about yeah. you. We did a little bit of research. And uh, it sounds like this started like really early on in childhood for you, that you just kind of had a passion for this. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I, <laughs> this is very um, unique, I guess you would say. But my dad growing up, he wanted my brother and I to have a different experience than I'm, I'm from Ravel. Okay. So he didn't want us to just see the world as right, which I love Ravel. Sure. I, I'm, I'm on, I'm on a Richland revitalization committee for Ravel. I love the town of Ravel, but dad wanted us to have a very like broad point of view of the world around us. Right. So, because he, he grew up in Archibald and he really didn't have that. So he wanted to give that to us. So every summer from kindergarten to fifth grade, he would rent a house on the English countryside oh, wow. for us to live in. And so as a child, I would go, you know, every summer I would be in England. Not For, for how long? For here, for about three months. Oh, kindergarten wow. through fifth grade, he would do it. And I'm so glad that he did that. Um, and so then we would go into, you know, London or different places and just view different castles. And so... I think at a young age, and then I'd be back here for the school year, and then two weeks out of the school year, he would take us to Italy or Rome, and he did that while we were in elementary school. And I think he was he felt he was able to. My mom would always bring our schoolwork and things like that um, on the trips, and so being exposed to Italy and you know like Rome, like all of Greece, all of these different places as a young child just really opened up my mind and I would be amazed by the castles the museum the artwork the things like that um and so just naturally I would always be drawn to that and then I remember um just going into people's houses as a kid and just being mesmerized by all the details and all of the things and so that kind of brought me to when I was a teenager um, my parents really wanted to do this movie room addition in our house and mom just let me kind of take the lead on it. And I was 15 years old and it was fun because I got to pick out all the paint colors and the tile and 
the um, hardware for the cabinets and things like that. And so she really let me be free with that. So when it was time to choose a college degree, interior design was just an easy yes. Uh, I just so from a curriculum standpoint, when you get into college to to mm-hmm. take a degree like this, you'd mentioned that it's more than just. Uh, decorating. Yes. So yes. so talk to us about some of the elements that you learned. Yeah, so it really it really trained my mind to view spaces kind of from a three-dimensional standpoint and from a floor plan standpoint. So when I look at a floor plan, I'm able to visualize, you know, what the space is going to look like right. in a three-dimensional space where I think if I didn't have <coughs> that particular training, my mind wouldn't necessarily just instantly see it that way. You know, it almost I, it almost comes natural to me to just view a floor plan and see um, what it's going to look like in a three-dimensional space. One of the hardest things in residential real estate that we deal with mm-hmm. is getting people to understand how big a space truly is. Yes. And yes. Uh, I have to lead them down a path a lot of times, especially if you're selling a home that's vacant, if it's in an area where there's other homes that are being done, I can say, well, look, you see that slab over there that they just poured? Mm-hmm. How big do you think that house is? Well, it's going to be definitely smaller than this house. What if I told you that house is actually bigger than this house when it's built? People just have a problem spatially figuring things yes, out. Yes, yes. So, and, I mean, in I, that, and in I, I, that, I deg- and in that degree, we worked on floor plans all the time, and we were drawing perspective drawings, whether that was hand drawing or on the computer. And so constantly working from a floor plan to a, you know, real-life, situation mm-hmm. just really tra- changed my mind yeah it's a how to do it, i would so. say for many people that's a, a learned experience mm-hmm. it's just not doesn't mm-hmm. come natural mm-hmm. i can't tell you how many times i've been in master bedrooms and I have to stretch my arms out say this is the size yes, of a uh, yes, king yes, size bed yes, it'll fit here yes. so uh, okay so from the floor plan understand how things lay out what other elements would they teach you um, so yeah, degree? so we we learned a lot of like color and different like scale things, patterns. You know, you don't want it. You want to be careful when you mix certain patterns in a space or certain colors because you don't want it to be overwhelming and things like that. Were taught um, that really helped me every day to know like you don't want to put two big patterns together. Sure. You know to. Bal- you know, you want to balance it out. So, so during your your time at school, I think you indicated um, to us that you had some jobs, whether it be in some uh, fabric type stores yeah, to understand yeah, some of that. Yeah. So, what type of uh, experience did you have before you graduated and decided to open this business? So, while I graduated or while I was in college, I had an internship at the beach at Malou. Well, it was called Malou Furniture and Design. It's still there, but. It was so much fun because it was one summer in college and I got to go to all of these beach condos and work on um, the design for the, like it was either the owners that were there all the time or they were renting out the condos. So that was a neat, and this was a high-end furniture store at the beach. So that was neat. And then also I worked at a interior shop that, was in downtown Tuscaloosa, and we actually did some of the fraternity houses that okay. were being built right. at Alabama, and they're still, you know, there today with some of the selections that I was able to choose. So that was a fun um, thing. But then when I graduated, I did not do this full time. Mm-hmm. So I've had I've had my business since right around the time that I graduated from college. 
but I worked at other um, interior shops and then I would do this after work. Like I would, you know, have my clients and my husband was in law school at the time. So I would just say, okay, I'm going to be home a little late. Like I'm going to meet with this client after work because I mean, I think a lot of people when they're starting out, Mm -hmm. that's how they start out. Like you don't, jump in and and have your career full yeah fledged. i mean it's you if know, you it's do it's little, really tough yeah. it's the exception to the yes, rule i agree yeah. with that so but while <clears throat> i was doing it i was always doing things in interior design so like i had a job like you said at a furniture i mean at a fabric store that we picked out drapes and um fabrics for upholstery items and things so Working with all of those different fabrics, I mean, I used to carry big fabric rolls. Down, you know, it wasn't glamorous, like downstairs to a basement and rolled them out on a, you know, board. And I was measuring the fabric, doing things like that. And then um, working at a furniture and accessory store that I, I used to work in the back room where I would get all of the UPS, you know, FedEx boxes and opening them up and tagging them and labeling them and things like that. And then after work, I would meet with people and help out with paint colors and help out with things sure. like that. But I look back and at all those experiences and I remember thinking, I mean, that was really from the ground up. But if I didn't have those experiences, I couldn't do the things I was doing today. So the textbooks only take you so far. Oh yeah, you, you for sure. To, you you have, have to have, out. you have to have the one, I mean, you have to get, you know, to where you're opening up boxes and looking through, I mean, cause that's so much of this industry and this, you know, mm-hmm. what, um, What's when you get an, yeah, yeah, when you get an accessory box in, if something comes in damaged, what do you do? You know, right. what, I mean, there's just a lot of different things that you have to have experience in. So what was that deciding factor that says, you know what, I'm going all in on this and that I'm going to put myself out there so, that I'm all so in? So really, um, I went all in where did not, you know, was not working for anybody else when we moved back here um, from Alabama. So in Alabama, I was working for other people. And then I had my, you know, then I had my design business on the side and all of that. But when we moved back here and my husband um, joined my dad's law practice and we had um, a six-week-old baby, I was like, I'm doing this 100% like this is what I'm doing. And so, um, you know, that's and it's a scary thing to do because you don't have any like regular income coming in but you know you've got the experience and you know you've got to do it full time yeah. to service sure the clients full time i mean you can't that's fear of failure i don't it, oh it's a lot oh it's a lot it's don't a lot. want to put myself out there mm-hmm, i don't want to fail mm-hmm, i don't want anybody mm-hmm, laughing at mm-hmm, me or saying mm-hmm. i told you so yeah yeah but would you say that <clears throat> your love and your passion for what you do You've never told me that, but I mean, I can see it in the work. Yeah, the love and the passion for what you do. Do you do you feel like that motivated you oh, in a way that sure. said, "I know I'm not going to fail because I can't. I believe. Oh, sure. I love it. For I sure. want to make it happen." Well, I mean, and it still does every day. Like that's still my drive because it's not easy and glamorous and what you see on TV. You know. And that's when when a lot of clients come to me, they think it's going to be the HGTV right. experience, and it's not. And I have to tell everybody, I'm like, you got to trust the process because the process isn't always pretty. Yeah, you know, it's it's. It, I mean, so, when you're renovating 
a home and you're ripping out walls and you're, you know on HGTV they just show it one clip of it like yeah. the wall but that's not the reality mm. of it um and so it's it's not all what you see on TV so I'm gonna step out on a limb here of uh, I, I feel safe <laughs> in doing this yeah but I have to assume that interior decorator slash counselor mm-hmm. oh yes, yes so how yes. much emotion comes into play when you are i, I know that emotion is going to be involved in anything small projects less big projects a lot of emotion mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. talking people yeah. off a ledge that trust the process mm-hmm. is going to work mm-hmm. so how how involved are you with that in your customer's relationship and being able to establish that rapport to where they're going to not only trust your advice but be willing to go through that complete process without pulling their hair out. Yeah. Well, I I work with so many different types of clients and so many different types of people, which I know you do too in your line of work. Um, And so you kind of learn over time how to work with these different personalities and how to work with these different people. Um, I have some clients that come to me and they've been down the renovation road Mm -hmm. before. You know, they know, or they've built a house before and they know all that it entails, right? you know, and they're, they're very educated on it and they come to me and I mean, and I hate to say those are my favorite clients, but they're, they're a lot smoother because they've, 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 been, exper- yeah. they've experienced it. They've been down that road. They, they're not frazzled when things, you know, go unplanned in the renovation, which they will. We all know, like, in a remodel job or in a, you know, or even in a new construction, things are going to go unplanned. I don't get, you know, distraught by it because I've been doing it for 12 years. I know the outcome is going to be wonderful and these little things happen as part of the process. It's going to be okay. Um, and I've got some clients that they, they've been there, done that. They mm-hmm. don't, it doesn't phase them when things go wrong. And then I've got other ones yeah. that it does. Um, they don't want things to be out of order, sure. you know, in the process or in the, and that's a little bit, that's whenever my counselor mm-hmm. side comes in because I'm like, it's okay. Like, and, and, um, and I hate having to say it, but I, I am like, you just got to trust the process. Yes. You got to try it. Like, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be smooth sailing. We're but, have the, some but, bumps but, in the road. but I'm like, the result is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be what you're hoping for, what you're looking for, but the process isn't going to be the prettiest you know it's not going to be hgtv doesn't show i mean they try to they try to make a, a show out of the ugliness of it they but when you're living in it's different than watching mm. it on television show. absolutely so um i mean yeah, it's, it's I someone's sanctuary i mean it's just kind of where they feel the, the safest the most vulnerable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of money involved too oh, you know yeah, absolutely when you're doing a big renovation project you don't want things to happen i mean it's it's a scary leap to take, you know, but you have to know it's going to be worth it. And in the know. past couple of years when we've had supply chain issues, I'm sure mm-hmm. that just amped it up that much mm-hmm. more. Yeah, because point. you don't you don't know <clears throat> when you're things are really I mean, as you probably know, things are getting so much better and sure. they're getting back to I mean, it's not all the way back to where it was, but that you can get things a lot quicker now. than yeah. what you, And 
I mean, the pro, but during COVID, it was oh, crazy. It was, I it mean, was, you just any plan that you had, you had to throw it out the window and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, look, this is this is what it looks like today." We'll talk tomorrow and figure out tomorrow when tomorrow gets here. But today, but I'm so I'm so fortunate <clears throat> during that time period. I never slowed down. I had amazing clients that were understandable. You know, they they knew what we were. T- you know, what everybody was dealing with, and they didn't get all unraveled about it. And so, how did you get involved at first with St. Jude's? Because that's kind of how I got to know yeah, your business. So, a little bit. Yeah. So that <laughs> is my number one passion that is um it's 100 percent donation mm-hmm. of my time um and it's and it's harder now than it used to be because and then it's and then it's easier in some sense to, <laughs> some senses of the way too because now i'm so experienced at it you know that it kind of comes second nature to me but um in the beginning i wasn't as busy mm-hmm. as i am now um, but now I'm more, you know, comfortable with quick decision making and things like that than I used to be. But I got involved because I was um, designing. This was right before we moved back from Alabama. I was designing my parents' home that I live in the house I grew up in. Okay. And I was designing their house, which is next door to us in Ravel, um, on this vacant lot that my dad bought. And I grew up, you know, playing on that lot. But anyway, um, and so we had our lifelong family friend, Brian Allen, the okay. Broco Construction. Mm-hmm. He was building the house. Right. And I was making all the selections from Alabama and it, you know, it was, it was a fun process, but it was kind of crazy because I never really got to be on site. My husband was in law school. It was just a busy time in our life. So when I moved back, um, Brian was looking for somebody to take over being the designer at the St. G dream home. And just out of the blue, I was pregnant with our daughter, our second child. Brian messaged me and he said, would you want to be the lead designer of the St. Jude? This was the going to be the 2018 dream okay. home. And I was like, wow, like, yes, that is what I do want to do. Like, I, you know, I was just, but I was pregnant too. So I was kind of hesitant because I knew what all it involved. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I said, Mr. Brian, I do want to do this, but I am pregnant. You know, like I'm having the baby right around the time that, everything like he was giving me dates that everything was going to be needed to be selected. And I was like, I just don't know. And he's like, no, you can do it. So, um, I did say yes, but a, a huge reason why I wanted to do it and that I did say yes was because my childhood best friend passed away from cancer mm. and she is always at the forefront of my mind. Her, her name was Tiffany Greer. Um, and How old was she? She was, I want to say, 17 when she passed away. Um, she had a hard fight with leukemia. Mm. And um, just knowing her experience, you know, at St. Jude and her, I mean, I always put her with that. Um, and so I always, and I always honor her in every house. I have a little, you know, picture that I put on there. But not only her too, but my brother, one of my brother's childhood friends, passed away from cancer. Wow! And then another girl in our class, um, Amber Tambura, she did too. So it was very personal to me. 
Um, and then throughout, this is going to be my seventh St. Jude Dream Home to do. And so we, um, we've we already started seven. on it. Yeah, number seven. We've already started on um, all the selections. I've pretty much got all of the tiling, the flooring, the um, we've got the appliances, the light fixtures, starting to look at paint colors, things like that set out for it. Um, right. And so that's exciting. It's, it's a fun, it's a fun process. It is. Um, so St. Jude, I know, has done so much for many, many, many families yes, in our, our own yes, community. Yes. But when they started doing the, the dream homes here and I mm. first heard about it, and I'm just like, seriously, is that going to raise any money? Because, I mean, I know what it costs to build a house and yeah, all yeah. that stuff, but I just did not know the magnitude of people that would come out and donate and how people would get behind uh, purchasing those tickets and I don't even know the amount of money they've raised over with these homes. So last year's home, I want to say it was 800,000, maybe eight, and I think this year's going to be 850,000 if all, because if we sell all, you know, 8,500 tickets, but yes, That's you're amazing. right. You're right on that. Like our, the community is just so um, but you really see the heart of North Louisiana when you're looking at this project. I mean, people are so willing to donate towards this. Um, and it really shows the good in <laughs> North Louisiana. I mean, absolutely. it's just because all of these people are so busy. You know, this every every company that donates locally, has other things that they can do. And they're not you're not they're not getting paid one cent. Right. And really, like Brian Allen and I always talk about not the recognition that they deserve. You know, we try to give everybody recognition, but it's hard to give all of those people the right amount of recommendation, you know, rec recognition for what they do for this house. I mean, it's it's such a bit. I mean, they pull off of their paid jobs mm -hmm. to go over there and work on it. Right. Um, but when you look at, like you said, when you look at the clients, I mean, at the at the patient at the patients and their families and who is it's benefiting. It's just absolutely unbelievable. And, and to hear the it stories, you know, the stories of survival that that's yes. happening coming from St. Jude's because yes. of the money that's being reinvested back into research and to hear those families come back and <clears throat> tell the story yes. that I don't feel like I'm a burden to anybody or I'm going to be burdened by them. They just want to help. Nobody's mm -hmm. asking for my credit card mm -hmm. to, to swipe to mm -hmm. for me to be able to get in to see a doctor. They're genuinely there to help yes. and, and, and make a difference in this child's life. Yeah, they life. make sure that no family receives yeah. a bill. Um, and it, I have had um, the amazing opportunity to go to the St. Jude Dream Home Summits. <clears throat> I've been to two of them over the past which this is coming up on my seventh year of being involved in this, but um, I've been to two of them, and it is amazing to be able to tour the grounds of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, to be able to hear stories from parents, you know, that get up there and they talk about how St. Jude made this really horrific, you know, process that they're about to go through 
just better by taking away those burdens. But not only that, the facilities are just first class. Oh, oh yes, unbelievable. Um, and we like last time I went not this past year, but the year before, and just seeing like the <coughs> research centers, um, they're top of the line. They share their research with every, you know, with other cancer places around the world. Um, it's just, and Danny Thomas, who was the founder mm-hmm. of St. Jude, like his story is just amazing because he wanted to give his money to have a hospital that was, you know, he, call, he calls it like, isn't this kind of the beacon of hope sure. for these for the hopeless, you know, for the hopeless, the helpless, the, right. the people who didn't have anything. And um, it's just an, ama- it's an amazing place. Yeah, just knowing that healthcare and, is not in the best shape here in, in yes, the United States yes. where things are just so expensive, especially mm-hmm. being, you know, an independent contractor. I'm sure you fall in the same category mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. healthcare is <clears throat> really expensive and it's yeah, not very yeah. affordable for many people. And if you do fall in that, that threshold to where, um, you have to have government assistance to make something happen. Mm-hmm. The healthcare quality that you get may not be of equal to someone who has mm-hmm. uh, great insurance, but the game changers when St. Jude's, if you have something that you need to go, I don't care from the least of these to the riches of these. Exactly. Exactly. They, they are tra- there yeah, to they treat truly, everyone the same. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's just, it's such, a, it's such a wonderful project. Right. And like you said, I mean, all these people in our community that donate towards it and sponsor it, they're doing it because their heart's in the right yeah. place. And your heart has to be in the right place to do this because it's not easy. You know, sure. I, I'll i get a phone. I'll be at a, you know, high-end client job and I get a phone call that I've got to do something over at the St. Jude House. But it never, like, it's never been a downer or right. a, oh, I'm, I hate I'm have to leave this paid job and do this. It's because I know what I'm doing it for. Um, and when when you look at all the sponsors in town, they're all doing it for the right. I mean, there's several, like, I think um, Acme and Russell Moore, they've been doing it for, like, 20 years um, ever since the homes have been here. And that and says something for people like that that are that, are that invested with it. Because, you know, uh, you mentioned it, they don't get the recognition oh, that, yeah, they, that yeah, they deserve. Yeah, no, so no. we understand now that why they're doing it. They're doing mm-hmm, it because mm-hmm. they feel compelled to do it, mm-hmm. that they need to help. They need to be able to give back to the community. Um, but also at the same time, those type of people that handle their business that way Will be paid dividends down the road. Exactly, exactly. And I <clears throat> and I always try, um, especially like as I've gotten more clients over the years and I've gotten busier, I always try to use those local sponsors sure. for my business. I mean, um, you know, you know where their heart I know, is. I know, you know where their heart is. I've worked with them on the home. And I always encourage, and I I tell my clients that, I'm like, they are St. Jude sponsors. Like, Mm -hmm. this, let's, but even, like, the national products, which Mm -hmm. are Kitchler Lighting and Brizo Falsa, you know, things like that, I like to steer towards using them because they donate, I think there's 50 or so dream homes nationwide, and they donate to every home in the nation. So, of course, when I'm looking to source for a, a client, I'm going to look at those products right. first um, because that's who I want to – Yeah, that's who I want to back up. So. so, at some point in your career, 
you're like, not like I don't have enough going on. I got a family. I got a new business. I'm volunteering time. Now I want to do a book. So tell me how that came to be. <laughs> so that really, um, it started during COVID, of course, you know, just like some crazy, I guess, ideas do. Sure. <laughs> and so I have been using, Kel- I don't know if you know Kelly Moore. She's, oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. She mm-hmm. photographs for Body Life yeah. magazine. And so she's Talented been, artist yes, too. yes, she has been photographing my work for several years now. Um, and so probably, I think it was maybe five or six years of her photographing all of my work. And I look on her website. She's got all these galleries and it's all these beautiful photos of my interiors. And I mean, it kind of crossed my mind, but I was like, you know, whenever crazy ideas, you know, I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> my, it, it was in my mind, but then my husband and I were walking in a store. Um, I think we were in, we were actually like in Ruston walking in one of the stores and we saw all these coffee table books, interiors, coffee table books. My husband said, you could have that. You could do that. And I was like, that's so funny that you said that because it's like been in the back of my head, but I didn't do anything. And then literally the next day I talked to my dad about it and his friend um, who had done a book, he got me in touch with his publisher and it just kind of all started rolling together, started, yeah, going. And it is... um, it's a funny thing because people will always say, are you going to do another one? And I already have, like Kelly and I were laughing. I'm already getting, she's going to do a big photo shoot for me tomorrow too. Like I'm oh, already great. getting way more that is content. I don't know if, if I did one, it would be four or five years from, you know, I got to take a little break because it, doing a book is a big process and um it takes up a lot of time i can imagine and it was fun and exciting and i'm so glad that i had that experience um but i don't know i don't know we just need a little time yeah i don't know yeah i'm not i'm not there i'm not there where i would do another one yet but um it is it it's great because it's a good portfolio too Mm -hmm. of my work sure um and it's not all of my work like i said whenever the book was actually being um printed I had an entire I think or maybe I had like two full houses that Kelly had like just given me photos for that didn't make the book so it was kind of like oh and there were some of my favorite work right so it's not in the book but I'm so glad that I did it um and I jumped with it you know it was a risk it was a lot of money Mm -hmm. to do it and a lot of time a lot of time a lot of money to do it but I'm really glad that I did it because it's it, it's just fun. It's fun to have. Looking have back on your career when you got started, <clears throat> and kind of preference this for people who um, have similar interests in you that may be thinking about going down this path that you, yeah. you've gone, what are some mistakes that you made early on that you could share that, I ask you to rip open old wounds, but that you could share maybe to help inspire somebody uh, or learn from my type of mistakes. Are you willing to share a few of those? Yeah. um, Things you wish you would have done different getting started? 
That's a that's a really that's a tough question, um, because I, I've really just kind of learned as I go. Like, there's not one specific, you know, mess up or one thing that I wish say, you had started sooner. No, I think I started soon enough, um, and I'm I'm glad that I got the experience that I got. Um, I I don't know. I I think. This podcast is possible because of your support of our real estate business. If you're looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, I'm confident we have the tools and the processes to help you reach your real estate goal. For more information or to reach out to us, check out the podcast description for our contact info. I'm trying I'm trying to think of like the mistake that I would and say. It doesn't necessarily have to be an actual uh, tangible mis- mistake that maybe it's... Um, he kind of started down one path, and you're like, you know what? I might need to back off of this a little bit. Maybe yeah, I don't need to yeah, take think, every person. Yeah, I think, and out. I think that that has been my that that's what's taken me so long to get to this point is that now I know my line of work. Okay. Where back then I might have taken on everything. Sure. Okay. So the, so yeah, that helped answer my question. So like in the beginning, for instance, I would take on. I was so desperate for jobs, which I think everybody is. And I didn't have my niche yet. Right. So I would take on anything and everything that would come my way. It's tough to be all things to all people all the time. Yes, 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 it is. And learning to say no Mm. has been something that I've had to learn to do. Yeah, I mean, Um, saying no to to, people. and, And I hate it. I mean, even like last week, somebody called me and it was a job that like, I mean, if it would have been a year ago, even or maybe even six months ago, I would have loved to have had. But now I'm at a point where I'm having to say no to those types of jobs um, in order to get my other jobs filled, you know, that I've already got lined up that I can give time right. to. Um, but, yeah, like in the beginning, I used to decorate for weddings or try to put together all of these events and things. And that, that was fun. And it was exciting because it was a different side of my creative right. self, but it was taking up too much of my energy um, where I couldn't give all of my energy to the right yeah. places. Does that make right. sense? Absolutely so like, it does. So I couldn't, um, <clears throat> I, I was scrambling for things and so now, and now I'm not ashamed. When somebody calls me wanting to do that, I think it was like a week or two ago, somebody called me and they wanted me to do one of those things for them. Sure. I was very blunt and very honest. And I said, I can't because it takes up too much of my energy and time. And I'm doing these other, you know, I'm just doing homes now. Like right. I'm just doing renovations um i'm People, doing new constru- i'm doing new construction doing renovations or decorating what you have i can't add on to that you know i've had people disagree with this statement but i found for me for it to be true you know uh, in real estate there's like i mean all different aspects commercial residential investment luxury um new construction i've learned through my career that 
you can be good at many things mm-hmm. or you can be great at your thing. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean you can't be a great husband, a great mother, and a great business person. Mm-hmm. But in that one thing that you're doing, you can only be great at one. Exactly. Yep. If you spread yep. yourself too thin, yeah, it you, might be, you might be good at all that stuff. But it's a, it's a lot to be and great. And that's – I mean that's kind of an ever-learning process. Mm-hmm. But when – I first started, that was the hardest because I really stretched myself thin. I did too many. I I scheduled too many things. I did too many things. And it got to the point where, yeah, like you said, I wasn't being great. I was was getting everything done Mm -hmm. and I was being good, but I wasn't able to really hone in on something to make it great. Um, And so now I'm really learning – to put my foot down and say no and just focus in on what I'm really passionate about and what's keeping me pretty busy. Um, So when you take on a new customer, and I'm sure it's probably going to be different for each scenario, but when you take on that customer that just does not have a style, they just don't know. They don't know what they don't know until they know, Mm -hmm. but they know they want something different. And you go into their home and it's a lot of eclectic things. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, mm-hmm. probably for someone like you, it's like, oh, chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it may look okay, it's not a style. And they have no idea. Where just, how do you lead someone like that down a path to help them figure out what their style is? So that's really hard and complicated. I'm actually. But does it happen often? Oh, yes. Um, today, actually. <laughs> it happened this morning. I was going down that, that path. Um, all I really know to do is, is to start sending inspiration photos mm-hmm. to start, you know, saying, you got to tell me what you like about this photo, what you don't like. Sometimes it's finding what you don't like sure. to find what you like. Um, and that's a process. Like even. It's like you have to even, lead them down yeah, this even, path. I, I know. And I have to, I have to, I, I just start with pictures really like. Do you like this? Do you like that? Do you not like that? Um, and it's it's hard because I'm not a mind reader. Right. You know, that's not where my training is. But um, I have to be sometimes. Sometimes I really – and that's a skill that I've had to learn over the past 12 years is how to get inside someone's style and head to try to find what we're going to do on this project. Right. Um, sometimes it really helps to – you know, if their house, a lot of times if I walk through somebody's house, I can get a sense of their style and it really helps. Sometimes yeah. that is not the case. I mean, and I, I can, wish it was. I wish it, I wish it was that sometimes it's that easy. Sometimes I can walk through somebody's house, get a sense for their style, and I know where we're going, where we're headed, we can do it. And it's that simple. Other times, no, like that's not the case. And so sometimes it takes a little bit of time of like taking them to local fabric stores, um, tile stores, furniture stores, walking through there with them and having them say like this, like this, like that, you know, me taking mental notes. Okay. That because trying to piece together someone's style is a complicated thing. Right. So how many times do you find yourself where <laughs> um, they're giving you um, on their, their likes? You're taking them out and you're showing them tile, you're showing them fabrics, but they're they're picking two opposite styles that, that will not mesh together. How do you get that person 
down a path? Is it that you have to lay out, okay, I know you like this, but would you consider this with that? Yes and no. So I, I'm a big mixer of styles. Um, I think that's kind of what makes me unique. Okay. Um, I don't, I'm not all traditional or not all modern. I, I like, I, I like whenever people want to mix the two okay. or mix or mix a formal something with a casual. So I like that. Um, but like you said, like maybe if the, if they pick a pattern that's just way out there and it's fighting with this tile over here, then I kind of am like, all right, I see you like this style, but we can't put that with that. Or maybe we can put this in a different room if you're stuck with it. Or maybe let's put that on a pillow. Let's not let it overwhelm the space. And I think that's... That's where um, people really need my help because they don't know they, they know they like this and that, and that, but they don't know how to make it all work right. together. So with that customer that is um, in which I would say most customers probably they can't really visualize things. Mm -hmm, they can't put mm -hmm, it together. Mm -hmm. You can show them pictures in a magazine to help kind of narrow down a style. So we're not trying to recreate this. Yeah, this is just yeah, kind yeah. of something similar that that we're going to be heading towards. Mm -hmm. But at what point, at, at some point, they're going to have to put their trust in you. How do you know when that trust is there so you can pull the trigger? Because I, I can tell you from my standpoint, from the real estate side, that until I know I've built that trust with them, it's going to be really, really hard to get them to follow me down a path. Yes. So we yes, really work on yes. that up front. I'm mm -hmm. sure that probably has come into play with oh, you as that's, well. Oh, that is probably— we're not, we're not talking is, small money here no, in most cases no, that people are that, spending. Um, that is probably number one. Um, the I would say 80 to 90% of people who call me or hire me already trust me. Okay, great. Um, and that is incredible. Because I don't feel like I have to show them a certain thing, you know, or have to. That reputation is already. Yes, it's already it's already established. And so when they call me, they are already like they can tell me what they like. And they're like, we trust you to put it together for us, to make it work for us. And that and how good and does honestly, that, feel? that is a dream. Right. And that is amazing because when I have my clients trust and I always and I, I tell my clients this. The project is going to be successful. Um, it just is. Like it's going to run smooth. Probably it's be, cheaper. It's going to be yes. It's going to be when, when you trust. Yeah, when you trust. And... When you trust that I know what I'm doing. You know, with my education, my experience, my knowledge, my everything. Things are going to be good. <laughs> so how do you keep um, yourself in that that mode of? Of not getting in a rut of doing the same thing over and over, staying on what the trends are. I mean, just colors, for example. Yeah. I yeah. mean the the ever changing wheel every year. Yeah. Of what, oh yeah. The Pantone. Yeah. Pantone color of the year and all of those how, things. How do you and, how do you stay on top of that so you can stay fresh with the offerings of your customers? Because I would think as long as you've been in the business, you've probably done. Uh, repeat have repeat customers mm -hmm, to where mm -hmm. it may be even in the same house to where they want to change the whole design of what they have on the same room you did for them years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, it really comes down to I've got to stay inspired. 
Okay, so I've got to I've got to keep my creative self, my inspiration flowing, or I can't. Where does that come from, my, though? Well, one, it comes from deep within. Obviously, I mean, like we we talked about, it's been my passion my whole right. life, and even whenever I didn't realize that it was. My dad said he remembers I was four years old, and he's an attorney. And he said I was four, and we'd go down, we'd go to the Beconley Mall, and he was like, "You would put at four years old, you would grab a tie and a shirt and say, and it's fun." We always laugh because he still wears it now. He now he's still gonna wear <laughs> things that are forty years old, you know. But it's it it comes so natural to me. Um, it's, it's almost just a part of who I am. It's just a natural, like I love, I love color. I love style. I love inspiration. And so, um, but I've got, but I always have to kind of keep it going. And, and just like with, and most creatives will tell you this, like you have to be rested. You have to be at a good mindset for your true creative self to come out. But I have to do that for my clients daily. Um, I just try to always be inspired. Like I just always try to, um, I mean, it it is, and people I've heard creative say this before, that it's a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's a, you, you gotta be everywhere that we go. So like my husband, I went to Dallas this weekend and just, I and I just naturally do it. I just walk in a space and I take in the sights and I take in the details and like, I was in a bathroom at this high-end restaurant and I saw um, a, ba- a a plumbing fixture that I'd selected for a dream home a couple years ago. And I was like, that is so cool, like, you know, that I'm in this place and I see that. But um, I just look at all these details and it keeps me inspired. Um, and I know, like, everybody kind of jokes on Pinterest and things like that, but Sometimes at night, like I just scroll through Pinterest and like, and it keeps my creative juices right. go, or or Instagram. You know, I follow like bigger net like designers in California or New York or wherever, and I just try to keep up with trends that are going on. But ev- with that being said, every project is so unique. Yes. Just like every client, just like every client is so unique. Right. And I try to treat every one of them different. Like every, I mean, it, I have the same like, you know, basic things that I do, but everything is so different. So for instance, like if I go into a house that has that's like a court you know that's got um a courtyard with all these other houses next to it next to it it's going to be different that my inspiration is going to be different than if i went to a house that was like an open space you know on all these acres and all this land i'm going to be inspired differently because i always let the neighborhood and the exterior kind of play into my inspiration for the style of the home have you ever had um, somebody approach you with a style that you thought was so hideous? You're like, I just don't know that I'm right for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I always try to find beauty in yeah. everything. <laughs> so, like, even I try. Yeah. I try. Um, there are there are very few cases that I'm like, I have to step away. Yeah. I can't. But there are. It's few and far between because I, I really, imagine. I really do try to dig deep in my head. Like, okay, that there's something there that is, you know, whether it's a view out 
a window of some trees that inspires me to do something. Um, yeah. A lot of people don't <clears throat> necessarily understand this, but I can tell you that it is extremely true um, when it comes time to sell a home. And I think you'll agree with it. The furnishings inside the furnishings inside the home, knowing that they're not going to stay with that home, but they can accent a home in a way that increases the value of that home. Oh, for sure. I've for seen sure. it happen time and time sure. and time again. For sure. The value that a, a great interior decorator designer can do to the interior of a home will add value to Oh, no doubt. No doubt. It's just a... Uh, it amazes me on how that happens. And I'm, I'm a very visual person, so I need to be able to see things. Um, and I know a lot of people are the same way, but it's just it blows me away knowing what what a true artist can do to the inside of a home to enhance. the. Well, home. and even simple things like, I mean, if you're if yeah. I'm going to if I'm going to decorate or style a space, <clears throat> you know, it may be that we just remove a lamp. And some art that's on the wall, and you can make a huge difference. 100%. You, know, you can make it not so cluttered or make it not, you so know, So this goes so into visually. one of my questions here. Mm-hmm. So what are some some simple tips so um, that we can give our listeners yeah. today that if they wanted that some common things that you see, if someone wants to just do a little bit of a refresher within maybe their living room or maybe their bedroom, what are just some simple tips that you feel like that people can take away from this today? So you want to eliminate clutter in your home. Um, And I always say, okay, so less is more. So for instance, um, last week I had to do a styling job and there was just a lot of um, mismatched photos hanging on the walls of the fireplace. You know, and your fireplace can really be your focal point Mm -hmm. if you let it be. So we removed those. Um, cleared off the mantle and I really focused in on, you know, let's put some things to scale that are going to balance out the room and make your eye because you wouldn't want to just put a chair here, block, block the view there, clutter up all the things on the side of the fireplace. So sometimes it's just about removing it, taking a step back and looking and seeing how you can rearrange it. And so it's funny, um, at the in the beginning of my career, when I was working other interior design jobs, and then after work, I would go help people. I did a lot of that at first. People would call me mm-hmm. and they'd say, we just want to you to use what we have and rearrange it, it yeah. and make it look better. And that and that's still, still to this day, I have people call me and do that. And it's a simple, easy sure. job to do um, to just use what you have and move it around. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd be amazed when I did that for a client last week. She was like, wow, that looks so different. And I was like, and we just used what we had. I did not buy one single right. item for that space. You probably because she, just because removed? she had, yes, we were, I removed and I rearranged some things she had in the wrong spot of the room to Made the, all the right spot right? of the room. And she was like, wow. Um, it looks so different and it was, I mean, she had amazing pieces, so it wasn't that she needed new pieces. She just didn't have them right. set up right. Um, and that can really make a difference. And then, pa- I mean, I'll always say, you know, paint is one of the most simple ways 
you can change the space. I mean, yep. you know that as a, as a realtor. You yeah. know, people, it's hard to see past all the paint. It is, and all the <laughs> and, nail holes when you and start all pull, the, yeah, you know, pulling yeah. things off. And, and, I mean, there was this one house that she called me. She actually called me while she was looking with a realtor. Um, it was, I think, in West Monroe or Calhoun or something. And the house was painted every color you can think of, Okay. But she loved the house, and I, when I walked in, I could see the potential. And just when the painter came in and changed all of it, you know, from the blue and the yellows yeah. and the red, I mean, it was crazy. I think um, I know the house. <laughs> yeah, 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 you probably do. Um, <laughs> and when it was changed, it just made all the difference. Yeah. And it was just paint. Um, and that's, I know you, you come across that in your business a yeah, lot. Like you don't let the paint hold you back and it's not as scary. Mm-mm. It's not as scary as you think. Like I've got a lot of good painters locally that I use, but, um, you just call up the painter and Sorry. pick out the right shade of paint and it can change the entire. Completely look. agree. With and you. I'm, and I love using paint to like highlight architectural details, to highlight, you know, things in the home that yes. the average eye cannot see. I can visualize and see if that is painted well, the I right just like color. That. You don't have to tear down that wall, you well, know, or you don't have to let's change let's change the paint color first. And see what you think. Well, I do like that our builders are now going back in and putting more architectural features in a house. Yes, I don't know who come up with the ranch style home, Uh but uh I I mean, I love I love all the architectural features. We just need. I know you see them daily. uh, Yeah, it's um, it's a whole lot more you can do with a home, Mm -hmm. even a home that's hundred years old. If you have something to work with, exactly. I mean, you can still upgrade ranch style homes, but I really enjoy seeing. They're bringing a lot of the architectural features. Well, back and that's into like homes. that's for instance, um, my husband and I have a Airbnb in New Orleans, okay. and so we've had a lot of fun decorating. But it's an older home, right? And the mantle was the same color as the wall, as the whole room was, and it was just blending in. Mm-hmm. It was this beautiful mantle, and I said, let's paint it a charcoal gray, and now that's all you look at. You know, sometimes that's all it takes is I, to I, just trust me. I know it's, is to it's just, just change it to changes. the right yep. color. Um, I actually had a call for a house here in Monroe on on my way here, and um, we're changing the mantle to a dark green, but I'm matching it to the custom furniture and fabrics mm. that we have in the room. But it's going to change the entire room when it's painted the dark green than it was when it was yeah. all blended the same color. So, so I mean, it's just time, little thing. You've got to yeah. be open to things like that, to the potential of a home. Um, Sometimes small changes is all you oh, need. Oh, yeah, you don't have to break the bank. I mean, that's I tell people that all the time. Like, it's not about, you know, people think when they view my line of work, like, you've got to spend all the money and do all this things no you can no, if you yeah. want to yeah, you can but, but like, it's not always yeah and i'm not and i'm not here to waste your i always say i'm like i'm not here to waste your time waste your money but i'm here to give good and sound advice on how you can make this room look better like at the end of the day we want it to look every room can be at its highest potential sure 
if it's done correctly. Jan, look, thank you so much for your time today. Um, This has been a treat. I I believe in the type of work that you do. Uh, I wish more people would uh, be willing to reach out to people in your industry. Number one, you can save them a lot of money instead of you going out uh, and buying everything and you're not figuring out what you really need and you're not 100% satisfied. So you find yourself changing every year, every two years till you can develop yourself. Hiring a professional definitely can help. Jan, thank you so much. Thank you so much Appreciate for having the, uh, me. Appreciate the book here. Yeah, and for sure. uh, I've got the perfect place for it. Yeah. And I, I can't wait to uh, see what you do with this next dream home. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to watch or listen to this podcast. We really appreciate your involvement. Please leave us a comment or even better yet, subscribe to this podcast and hit that notification bell so that you can be alerted for every new episode when it hits.